there was um, actually a family in my house group this week as we were talking about neighboring that gave an awesome example. And I think that this applies great if you're not just brand new to your neighborhood or whoever you're wanting to talk to is. They just said, you know, we just had a lot of extra jalapenos in our garden this year. And so we just went door to door and said, do you want some jalapenos? <laughs> and, you know, by the way, we're so-and-so and, -so and no. I forget your name or, you know, whatever. That's a pretty awesome yeah. gateway into just a simple, normal conversation. Hey friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast, where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you're going to hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission and community and discipleship. Today's episode is from one of our coaching intensives called Made for Mission, where we coach others on how to practically live out the command of Jesus to go and make disciples in our Western context. So if you want to learn more about A Thousand Houses or check out some of our resources, visit 1kh.org. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to uh, Made for Mission. I'm here with my friend Joe Long. Joe, how are you doing today? Hey, good, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk to Joe. Joe and I recently had a conversation about um, about just kind of evangelism, doing outreach in different ways. He's been uh, just really thinking this through and practically putting into action. So this conversation, I wanted to talk to Joe about um, this idea of the art of neighboring, which is something that has been popularized by a by a book um, by Jay Pathak. I think I'm saying that correctly. So yeah, that's right. So and I've got some pictures too. I can use a, I can share a screen on you know kind of his chart and stuff when we get there, but. I just wanted to start off with, yeah, Joe, describe like how you kind of encountered some of those ideas and, and how, how that has impacted you guys. Yeah, that's, it's such a great thing. I think no one would, when asked about neighboring, want to be like a bad neighbor. Everybody wants to be a good neighbor. Mm -hmm. And obviously we've got some direct biblical, um, you know, guidance from the story of the Good Samaritan. Uh, so Jay, who is uh, a vineyard guy, I'm also a, a vineyard church guy and helping pastor a vineyard here in Covington, Kentucky. Um, so I've always loved Jay's heart for evangelism and neighboring was one of the big um, pushes behind that. And so, yeah, it's just this basic idea, as I understand it, to uh, really define who your neighbor is first and foremost. And it's almost always, if not always, the people that live closest to you. I guess you can be in a really rural area and that might be a little harder. Yeah. But in general, you're mapping out, like you said, with that chart, the homes around you and figuring out ways to love those people. And I love how Jay says it too. He says, you know, we don't love people to convert them. We love them because we're converted. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, totally. So uh, I'll go ahead and share with you guys real quick the picture um, that Jay uses in the, his book, um, Art of Neighboring. You guys can find that in Amazon, but this is what it looks like. And he started by just sort of saying um, they he would challenge people um, to know who their closest eight neighbors are. And then the A is uh, see how many of their names you know. <laughs> 
And so, yeah. so people would be given the exercise of like, okay, well, how many? And he discovered that about that less than 10% of, of Christians who, you know, uh, who are living, at least in this culture, can name their eight closest neighbors. So it's very rare to be able to actually fill that A column in. And then the B column is, you know, just any fact about them. Like, you know, they, they right. like ice cream or they have a dog or whatever. And then, um, then the C is like a deep thing about them. Like they just lost a job or, you know, something they're struggling with or something that might help you connect with. So um, anyway, when, like this is like has convicted people the world over when they've been <laughs> asked this basic, <laughs> this basic thing. They're like, yes. oh my gosh, like I, I, I struggle being this Christian bubble and like, it's really that simple. So yeah, talk to me a little bit, Joe, about like, okay, well, how, yeah, how have you thought about this? I mean, you guys are in Covington and trying to train people to do this and lean into this, but how does it start for you? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing that right now as a church, actually just started a whole series on neighboring and have some weekly practice videos as we find it best, um, I guess, accessed as something we're practicing together. Hmm. And so, yeah, the first way that, you know, it challenged me is the same way it'll challenge everyone. Do you know your neighbor's names? Hmm. Like that is just the basis of it. And uh, if you think to yourself, well, of course I do. Wait a minute. Maybe not. <laughs> get the map out. <laughs> That's right. Get the map out. And so if you just start with that A and you learn your neighbor's names, and, and as you know, the longer you live in a place and don't get that column filled out, the harder it gets. Yeah. It gets really awkward 20 years in. You're like, what? Right. Yes. <laughs> and so yeah. it's kind of like, it's one thing if you've just moved in to be like, hey, I'm your new neighbor and my name's Joe. What's your name? Yeah. It's a different thing if it's like, I know we've waved at each other for the last three years, but I don't even know your name. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that that's that first approach. Mm -hmm. And another aspect of it, as you get into the B and the C that is really vital, is just praying for them. Mm -hmm. I really think that adding these neighbors into your prayer life is something that God loves to um, kind of interact with. Yeah. I, I've found that when I begin to pray for people by name, especially my neighbors, I start to see them a lot yeah. more than I did before, or they start to be outside. And I think to myself, <laughs> I haven't seen them for months and there yes. they are again. Yes. <laughs> or they yes. might even approach me at times and say something. And then I'm like, if I'm remembering the chart, if I'm remembering what the things I'm trying to be more intentional about, then there's an opportunity. So the prayer aspect of things is really vital when it comes to stepping into good neighboring. Yeah, I, I, I found the same thing. This just happened to me this week where I was, <clears throat> I just started to pray for one of my neighbors and he pulled up right when I was walking past his house. And, um, you know, it's, and that may have happened before, but in this case, like, you know, there's always been like, I'm very introverted. So my, my, I'm just like, this could be awkward. I'm just going to like, you know, time myself. So I don't necessarily bump into him. And so <laughs> my, you know, my, uh, my thought at this point, cause I was just praying for him was kind of the opposite. And then I had, you know, one thing I knew. And so I just talked to him about that. And it was like a, you know, 30 second conversation, but had I not been praying and wanting to make connections, I think I would have, I don't know if I would have had that connection. And certainly if it had happened, I would have tried to avoid it. So, um, yeah. yeah, it seems like the first step, it really kind of changes your heart towards your neighbors. Yeah. And that's really what we're asking for and wanting. Like I said, we're not like having this big ulterior motive to get them to pray a prayer. 
Uh, and if that happens, it's amazing. Um, but we just want to love people better and more. And we want to recognize that Jesus says in the great commandment to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And if this is the most important thing, <laughs> yeah. we're pretty good at one half of it and not as great at the other. <laughs> yeah. I've always struggled with, you know, it's, I think that we, you know, when you look at the the parable of the Good Samaritan, one of the things that's that's interesting to me is, I mean, I definitely believe the Lord wants us to care for people that are, you know, really struggling on the other side of the world. Um, but what, what, you know, the Samaritan, the, the thing that made kind of that, that conversation interesting was that our, the Samaritan, you know, ran across this, this man that was, that was hurt. And, and so it is a big deal to take, like, you have sort of these almost, you know, circles, you know, emanating circles of responsibility. You have responsibility for your family, but you have a special responsibility for your neighbors. You run across them, what they're struggling with, suffering with, their spiritual state of their soul. You know, there is there's an element in which like, you're that's that's part of your field. You need to engage with those people. Yeah, I, I like to think of it this way. You know, <clears throat> if you think about the places that you are, hmm. you know, you're not there on accident. <laughs> you're in the places where you live, where you work, where you play on purpose. And if we believe like, you know, when Paul talks in Ephesians about God setting aside good works for us to do in advance, yeah, you know, or if we think about the fact that you and I are living in 2021 during a global pandemic, and a lot of people aren't, yeah. <laughs> they were living at a different time period. And so there's something about how we're all wired right now in this environment that we're ready to step into these things more than we realize. So there's just this purpose behind it, a lot less kind of randomness or accidental spaces. Yeah, yeah, that makes so much sense. So one, one of the things that you said to me that I wanted to kind of discuss is that we tend to have this, you know, bifurcation of evangelism, discipleship, and, you know, they're kind of on a continuum, you know, we were talking about, but discipleship sort of pierces all the way to the beginning, you know, of, of the continuum in evangelism or, really understand the gospel pierces all the way to the end. Um, and so mm -hmm. how have you thought about that? Because I think, I think that a lot of people are like, okay, the only reason I would have a conversation with my neighbor is to directly try to drive them towards a decision. Um, you know, and so they, they, that, that's where all the salesy pressure kind of keeps on people and they kind of, you know, either have to opt all the way in and be that kind of guy or opt yeah. all the way out and just say, I'm, I'm out. I'm not going to be participating in that. So, but, but you were talking about, okay, no, there's something else that's happening while you're interacting with your neighbors. Talk about that. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think there's a false paradigm that exists between evangelism and discipleship. Again, one we're kind of okay at, or maybe good at and the other one, not so much. And I, I don't need to say which in general. Um, but I think that uh, if we thought about discipleship, like you said, as this continuum, <clears throat> then I think that we would think differently about neighboring and just about relationships in general. Mm -hmm. If we really are constantly spending time with Jesus and learning how to be formed in his image more and more day by day, then that is what's going to come out of us in every interaction in some way, shape or form. Even yeah. in a 30 second conversation with your neighbor, there's potential. Right. <laughs> it yeah. won't happen every time. And sometimes it might not even be obvious, but God is working on your neighbors right now. Hmm. 
you know, if we believe he's always working and sometimes we get to be part of it, <laughs> you know, then he's already doing a lot of groundwork. It's not like we're starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. And so just being who we lovingly are and being prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have, because yeah. that's ultimately one of those great examples where someone says, hey, you seem like you're always doing pretty good, you know, because that's our thing. Well, how are you doing? Good. Yeah. You know, sometimes <laughs> we lie, but <laughs> yeah. sometimes you can just tell somebody's doing pretty good, you know? And so why, at some point you might even get that question from a neighbor. Well, why is that? Mm. What is good about your life? And then we get to drop our guards, get below the surface, not be salesmen. The thing that I also love to say is that we are not employed by Jesus to sell his product. Hmm. We just are supposed to point to him. Hmm. And in our own lives, when we point to what he's done for us, why we're happy in that moment, it's hard to argue with. It's right. not apologetics. You know, it's not like, we're. well, I don't believe X, Y, Z. You might get into that at some point. It's good to be prepared. But first and foremost, you're just being who you are and letting Jesus flow out of you um, yeah. with love. Yeah. And that, like you said, is, is somewhat dependent on the difference between a salesperson and kind of just authentically sharing your life. You're, you're saying it really starts with, you know, are you really being affected by Jesus? Are you captivated by him? Are you astounded by his, his wisdom, his love, um, and the the whole message of the gospel? And so oftentimes, if you find yourself hesitating to say his name, or hesitating to talk about him, or just finding it doesn't naturally, you know, infect your conversations, then often the answer isn't become isn't to become more salesy, but to become closer to Jesus, (laughs) and kind of the process yourself. Absolutely. You know, we talk about what we love. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Just in general, we do that, you know, whether it's this amazing uh, sitcom you've been watching, you know, everybody right now wants to talk to me about Ted Lasso. Have you yeah. seen it? You know, because <laughs> they love it. Yeah. And so they want to talk about it, the characters, whatever. If you have gone and had this unbelievable burger and it's just like the best one you've had in years, yeah. you're going to tell a lot of people about that burger. Yeah. You're going to be a <laughs> burger evangelist, you know? <laughs> And so the truth is, if we aren't that way about Jesus, maybe not 24-7, but it just comes up because, oh, this happened to me, and Jesus helped me understand this. He's forming me in this way, and I just want to tell people about it. If that isn't what's happening, then that's a good question to ask yourself why. Yeah. And so it does begin with us continually being formed and reformed and molded and remolded by the example that Jesus gives us. Yeah. And because culture is always forming us as well, <laughs> right? Right. Whether we realize it or not. So good. Yeah. Talk about what you love and make sure that if you don't love, um, you know, talking about Jesus, then, then there's a deeper problem there to really work through. And, um, and that's, that's what really makes this not about like some kind of marketing or sales process. This is really that it's just, we're, we need to share who we are, what we love with other people and, and have the freedom to do that. Um, so as you thought about this, I don't know if there's anything other tips or, or, um, or things that you've, you've kind of discovered about connecting with neighbors. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are kind of afraid of this, you know, whatever, maybe from a personality perspective or um, yeah. Any, any other, any other things you would say, Hey, this is how you get over some of that and kind of get out there. Yeah. I'm afraid of it, man. Like for real all the time. And sometimes I just fail. 
like completely. I, an opportunity is in front of me and I just whiff. <laughs> and later on, I might be like, oh, thankfully mm. God's faithful to give us more opportunities. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for that. But I'd say to, to get really practical, there was um, actually a family in my house group this week as we were talking about neighboring that gave an awesome example. And I think that this applies great if you're not just brand new to your neighborhood or whoever you're wanting to talk to is. They just said, you know, we just had a lot of extra jalapenos in our garden this year. And so we just went door to door and said, do you want some jalapenos? <laughs> and, you know, by the way, we're so-and-so and, -so and no. I forget your name or, you know, whatever. That's a pretty awesome yeah. gateway into just a simple, normal conversation. Yeah. And you might learn a name you don't know. <laughs> you know, who knows what you might uncover? And uh, in that process, they encountered a neighbor that has kind of been um, almost a shut in since COVID mm. and got to talk with him about his life a little bit and just get below the surface just a little bit. Mm. And so now they know his name. Now they're praying for him. They know he likes jalapenos. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, whether it's like, yeah. oh, man, we just wait, made way too many cookies on purpose, yeah. you know, or there is a, you know, extra in my garden. Um, yeah. that's not that hard to do. And I think that here's the other thing, people that are generally Christians, like a lot of Christians are amazing at hospitality. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's a no brainer. And this is just being hospitable with people you don't know. Yeah. It's like, you're already built for this. You're already doing it. Yeah. Now be intentional with these people. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think the thing that I, I hear, I, I kind of feel rise up in me when I think about kind of going door to door with the cookies of jalapenos is, is this kind of like, well, do I know that people want, you know, are they going to want to talk to me or is this, are they going to take this as an interruption? And I think that, I think that there is a culture, a hyper individualistic culture that you, you might encounter when you get out there um, where it's like, I don't need you. I don't want to know my neighbors. Yeah. Um, it's not probably as prevalent as we think a lot of people are, tend to be really lonely and they actually want to talk to somebody. Um, but I think it's important to say as part of that hospitality, like you're describing part of being a salt, salt and light is that we're bringing a kingdom culture to our streets. And, mm -hmm. and so a kingdom culture doesn't just capitulate to the latest trend of hyper individualism that might have infected a few people on your street who might be saying, I just want to crush Netflix and, you know, be isolated. Like you want to push into that a little bit, challenge that a little mm -hmm. bit, disciple into mm -hmm. that a little bit, like you're describing. So this is good, man. Well, thanks, Joe. Um, yeah, I, I want to encourage you guys who are listening to this. Um, you can just go and you can grab uh, Jay's book, uh, The Art of Neighboring. You can go on Google Images and find that picture I just put up at the beginning and start working on that map. There's some really basic things you can start to do um, and and really find out like what it's like to engage your neighbors in this way. So. Good luck with yeah, that. Here's the last, here's the last thing. Yeah. Take the map and put it on your fridge. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because then every time you open your fridge, you're reminded. That's oh, good. Yeah. You know, whether it's prayer, whether it's, I need to learn a name, whatever. So that's good. Sucker out. Yes. That'd yeah. be awesome. Sweet. Well, thanks so much, Joe. This is super helpful. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, man. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If this teaching stirred something in you and you're feeling a yearning to learn how to make disciples in the West, we just want to invite you to join our Made for Mission Coaching Intensive, where we combine online content and personal coaching that's going to provide you with the teaching and the tools 
and the encouragement that you need to actually see disciples made in your context. So for more information and to apply for this coaching intensive, go to 1kh.org slash made for mission. We'll see you for the next episode.